what's up with this love and light shit? Yeah, it's kind of like, what do those words even mean without the embodiment? Right, when people say love and light, I'm sort of like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) I'm Kayla Nelson, a holistic coach in both wellness and business, and a healer and educator of Lyme disease. I'm Jessica Jean Muir. I'm a personal empowerment guide through my work as a yoga teacher, trauma-informed body worker, and group facilitator. You're listening to Love, Light, and Go Fuck Yourself, the podcast. Okay, I'm just going to let you... just take my shirt off. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. I just took my shirt off. (laughs) Just so you know. Um, So this morning when I I came over to Kayla's house to record and we were in the kitchen kind of like talking about different ideas for today's topic and we were kind of talking about all these different things that felt kind of abstract in the moment. So we had, you know, boundaries and... Um, tantra and <laughs> relationship and all of these things and mm-hmm. the phrase popped into my mind embodied relationship and I feel like that's a really awesome um, umbrella term that I've never like condensed things down into before um, and I think that embodied relationship is actually something that's super important Um, in navigating the world and in, you know, having like a healthy, fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a a cool term to live into. Um, So Kayla, I know that you had kind of a recent experience with this idea of embodied relationship Mm -hmm. where a really cool experience, Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, would you share about that a little bit? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So it's a little abstract and a little bit maybe out of, you know, you might be listening and saying, what are you talking about? (laughs) But just go with it. Stick with the conversation. Um, And here we are. So I've been single currently for nearly four years and dating has been a big struggle for me for many reasons, but the one in particular we're going to talk about today is um, emotional availability and Mm -hmm. I feel like I've attracted a lot of unemotional partners um, and people that weren't ready for relationship or were and are avoidant and all these things. And so I was constantly like trying to put my energy into the other person to meet them where they are, to engage in conversation and um, connection when I would just was not getting met. And it was really difficult. It is really difficult. And um, a few weeks ago, a month ago maybe, I had a whole situation that just (laughs) blew up. And 
at that time, I was just like, I am so done with attracting this kind of relationship, you know, and it was all in my mind. Like I had, I knew what was going on in my mind, but I didn't have it embodied that that sensation felt through my body until I went and did this equine therapy. Um, Will you break that down for us plebes? Yes. So (laughs) equine therapy is working with a horse, uh, working with horse medicine, if you will, um, to play out what is happening in your current life to show you things that you're you can't see otherwise and it's a very very powerful experience I've done it a couple of times now and every time I'm just blown away it's very shamanic in its orientation very energy work and I find for me um, having that real life setting with a horse who you can't physically talk to but you get this deep resonant energetic download with Mm. is profound and that is when I become embodied in that lesson essentially right so working with this horse I was going up to him and his name was Hawkeye I was going up to Hawkeye and I was trying to pet him trying to lean on him and get close and just connect right like I was putting my energy into him yeah and every time I did that he would turn around he would put his hindquarters towards me which is a dangerous situation yeah. if the horse you know um bucks and, or something right right and And this kept happening. So he would go away and then he would come back. And then I would put my energy towards him. I would try and touch him. I would try and like have a, you know, non-communicative conversation and he would turn away. And I start to felt, I started feeling rejected. Mm. I started feeling like the horse didn't like me. What was I doing wrong? Um, And then the person who was facilitating this um, session was like, what would happen if you just stood there Mm. and received? And I was like, okay. So I just stood there. It was so hard for me to like not want to touch the horse, not want to engage and put my energy into. And the moment that I did that is the moment that the horse came and leaned on me Mm. and he stood around And then I went and sat in the middle of the arena on this stool and the horse came over to me and I just sat there and I put my hand up in the air, you know, just like reached my arm out and I held like an energetic boundary space, you know, Mm -hmm. because I was feeling vulnerable because I was sitting down and here is this huge 1500 pound animal um, coming to me. And I realized at that moment that, in relationship, in a lot of things in my life, I'm constantly putting my energy out of my energetic bubble or boundary or whatever and trying so hard to engage with yes. something else instead of sitting back and receiving yes. and knowing that if I'm sitting and receiving that I am just as worthy in not having to... Um, work to receive yes and it was so powerful to sit there and just have all of these 
life experiences like, you know, uh, Rolodexing back and just like, whoa, oh my God, it was so profound for me to realize and feel embodied in like, okay, it's totally okay. And in fact, it feels so good and so powerful for me to sit in my own self and have a you know a boundary of knowing where i want to you know where my energy goes out towards and where it stays in with me yeah and um knowing that that is enough and knowing that whatever is meant for me will come to me oh my god and i don't have to work so hard at putting myself out there, putting myself into another person's energetic field, putting another, putting myself into another person's life um, that maybe isn't ready, maybe isn't going to meet me where I want to be met. Like right. sit back and let them come to you. Or let them go. Or let them go. Exactly. You know. If they aren't engaging, like I realized in that, that I was overly engaging. Yeah. And it's because you and I talk about this a lot is we love communication and we love community and connection. And I feel like oftentimes um, other people that are like that, that I talk with, it's easy for us to go outside of our own selves to get connection, to have community, to have um, that communication, that depth that we're searching for. Mm And I have often forgot that, and I'm just now learning, that I need to be met first for me to exert that energy out. So that's a long way of saying. Yeah. But I needed to have that 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 very visceral embodied Embodied. experience with a fifteen hundred pound animal sitting in front of me to recognize that I didn't have good boundaries, that I was self-abandoning to meet another person. Yes. And now I know. And now I'm like, okay, I'm working every day to sit in myself and it's so fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I want to fix. I want to be a part of. I want to do all those things. Yep. So, yeah, as you're talking, I'm like seeing, you know, the word embodied relationship and the words disembodied relationship. Mm. And I think to me, the distinction with that is a disembodied relationship is any time that you, yeah, have are like boundaryless you self-abandon in order to meet the other or in mm-hmm. order to try and force or create circumstances where you feel connected. Um, like manufacturing these experiences. And mm-hmm. for me, there's a big element of control in there. Yes. I know that I'm I'm having a disembodied relational experience if I'm working really hard to try and control or if there's like a lot of anxiety about how I'm being received or how the the interaction will go. And then on the flip side, I think an embodied relationship is when both participants are very clearly within their own boundaries. They're feeling themselves. They're actually 
attuning to themselves first Mm -hmm. and tending to their needs first Mm -hmm. and then being in relation with one another from that place yes so yeah like the the piece of of self-abandoning in order to be in relationship with others I mean Mm -hmm. for me that's been huge right in my life yeah Um, and kind of led me down this path of codependency, Mm -hmm. which for me really just means like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll totally abandon what I need and put myself last in order to relate with you. Right. Yes. (laughs) That in, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah and don't worry don't worry about me and then you know the interesting part about that too is like you think you're getting connection in the moment Mm -hmm. but because you're not actually connected with yourself Mm -hmm. I feel like you don't get the benefits of connection right yeah because you're essentially making yourself small yeah in those situations you're Putting the other person in front of your own self needs and importance and all of that. And so you just like made yourself small yeah, and not visible and your needs are no longer important. Or you don't even have them. Or you don't have them. Oh, don't worry. I don't have needs. It's fine. Right. (laughs) Right. And I feel like having needs is has been for a lot of generations especially as a a woman I guess coming from a female's perspective like having needs as a woman there are so many stigmas and words that follow that you know needy needy what else I mean that was the big one yeah that was the big one oh yeah Sorry for being needy. I mean, yeah. how many times needy, I've said that? Needy, weak, yes. um, codependent, yes. not independent, not strong enough, all yes. of those things, mm-hmm. right? So then we equate having needs and speaking them with being weak and yeah. needing someone there to support you. Right. It's like, whoa, that is such a – even saying that, I'm like, my brain is like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like asking somebody for help, at, telling them what you need is – like you're not strong enough to d- take care of it on your own. Well, you know? and Whoa. that for me, I think boils down to our society's disdain for the feminine, right? And the the um, the lack of value that we place on these mm. feminine qualities of receptivity and I don't mean feminine like the toxic femininity that we see or even feminine as in being a presenting as a female exactly right it's more those like yin qualities of yeah being receptive of letting yourself be held in a container like you don't have to be the container and the the substance inside at the same time yeah would you say feminine expression or sitting in your femininity is in a in a word being Mm -hmm. instead of doing yes like doing is very a very masculine and being is very feminine yes yeah definitely yeah and that's hard for people to do I think it's hard for um especially people in western culture um to be receptive yeah and I guess that all boils down to 
one of the things that it boils down to is self-worth is Mm. worthiness like that you are yes that you're worthy even when you're not striving and pushing and working really hard yes and that goes with relating like we were talking about earlier I'm worthy of being met in relationship even when I'm not striving or pushing or trying to commune or connect or have conversation with another yeah that I can sit back and be just my whole self yeah and know that someone will love me for that without me having to effort for it yes yeah and for me I know very well that the fear is that if I sit back and I don't and I and I have boundaries mm-hmm. that someone will come up against those boundaries and say, "Well, mm-hmm. I'm out of here." Mm-hmm. Like it's it totally a fear of abandonment thing. That's the reason why I disembody. Yes, and I become boundaryless mm-hmm. is because yeah, the fear of abandonment, the fear of being left. Absolutely, same here. And I think we all have that fear of abandonment. Mm-hmm in some way, shape, or form. And that fear of abandonment takes shape in either being avoidant in love or anxious in love. Oh my gosh. When you're unaware and unconsciously relating, you know? Yeah, humans are so funny. All the crazy tricks that we do to like get our needs met or avoid hurt. Right, right. I mean, the first eye-opening um, book that I read called Attached. Yes, I love that book. So good. Yeah. That really started opening my eyes on boundaries and wounding from childhood because we all have it. Yep. We've all been abandoned. We all have a fear of abandonment. Mm-hmm. And it just shows itself in different forms yeah and then that is how we show up in relationship yep well yeah we're literally hardwired to view abandonment as death because when we were evolving as humans like Mm -hmm. literally evolving on a physical level Mm -hmm. as a species it was like, okay, if you get separated from your tribe, you're more likely to get eaten by a lion, mm. to die of a disease, to not have food, all that shit. So those patterns and instincts literally are hard- hardwired into our brain to keep us alive. Mm. So experiencing abandonment is very similar to these. That's why it's like so overwhelming. It's like mm-hmm. these feelings of like, I'm going to fucking die if I'm right abandoned I mean of course on like varying scales but so the the difficult part for me and I guess my question for you is like how do you sit so say you you like put up a boundary right and then someone does meet that boundary and they're like "Mm, actually that doesn't work for me I'm out of here mm-hmm how do you in that moment kind of override our like human instincts Mm -hmm. and let that be okay and sit in your boundary and sit in your worthiness inside of yourself and let that person go? Yeah. 
it's hard. And I am very much newly practicing that. Yeah. And it's sitting in having active conversation with myself saying, okay, this person is saying that they can't meet this need or they aren't going to respect this boundary. And, and for me, I need to remember that their decisions, their actions, their words have actually nothing to do with me at all. It is them projecting their own life. Just like I project my own life on other people. And I have to tell myself that every time. That whatever this person decides to do with their life has zero things to do with me. Oh my gosh, that's so hard to remember. So hard. Yeah. And it's disrespectful when I don't listen to that person inside of their boundary, inside right. of their, you know, because I've done that too. I haven't, I, there have been times where I haven't fully listened to somebody. Yes. You know, when they have stated maybe very quietly what their needs are yeah. or their ability to show up in the way that I need it to, I need to be met. Yeah. I have not listened. Yeah. And I have self-abandoned. Yeah. And I have pushed forward even when the person has said, either in a nonverbal or verbal way, I'm not that into you. Right. And when you do that, you are not only disrespecting yourself, but you're disrespecting them as well. Right. Because you're not honoring their own boundary, whether they recognize that it is one or not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. One of my favorite like concepts around this idea is, is, Boundaries are actually a really big, like a big form of love. Yes. Like the word no can actually be like the most loving thing. Absolutely. And I've been actively working to reframe my view around having boundaries as look, when I'm expressing my boundary to you, I'm actually inviting you into closer intimacy with me. Right. Because I'm letting you know how I want to be treated and how we can meet in a way that we're actually going to be able to connect. Mm -hmm. So it's not that I'm pushing you away with this boundary. It's that Mm -hmm. I'm showing you how to be in relationship with me. Absolutely. And trying to then view other people's boundary as the same. As like, wow, thank you. I so appreciate that you respect me enough and respect this interaction enough yeah to tell me the truth right although that can feel really hard absolutely yeah I love that when you're talking and saying the word respect it just hit me even more that boundaries really are a form of self-respect yeah and respect for others Mm -hmm. and that's love totally right yeah so what are some ways that you have expressed your no holy moly and walk through that experience yeah Mm, actually okay I have a good one okay so an area that I have been working to do this in is in my sexuality Mm. and it's an area where um 
it's really interesting. I feel like my sex life and my relationship with my sexuality is like this amazing mirror for kind of the dynamics that are going on in my daily life, Mm. if you look at it that way. Um, And so, yeah, getting sober, getting into my body and having this like conscious sex life, I started to realize that for many, many years, First of all, I didn't even know what my needs were Mm -hmm. and what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So that was a whole thing. And Mm -hmm. I think that that parallels boundaries because for a long time, I didn't even know what my boundaries were. Oh, right. Like, yeah. What actually are my hard limits and my no's and my yeses and what are my needs? Yeah. Like, literally no fucking idea, which is such a horrifying. I don't think many of us do. Who teaches us that? Right. Totally. Totally. So that's the first thing is like Mm -hmm. just knowing and figuring out what those things are Mm -hmm. and then speaking them Mm -hmm. and even just finding the words and saying the things, especially in such a vulnerable and intimate situation, like when you're in bed with someone. Yeah. You know, so I think the biggest one for me that that comes to mind Mm -hmm. is if someone starts to do something. Mm -hmm to me in bed or with me in bed mm-hmm. and I'm not and I don't like it mm-hmm. many times I in the past I remember just like eh, it's okay it's all right enough like I'll just let that happen and mm-hmm. I don't mean like big transgressions yeah. like sexual assault I mean like someone choking me really Preferable hard things. or yes mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. um And so I would like let those things go. And now that makes me sad. That makes me like Mm. cringe. I'm like, oh, I can't believe that I like self-abandoned in that moment. Yes. So the practice now for me has been, okay, first of all, knowing what my boundaries are, knowing what my needs are, what what do they look like and what actually are they? And then being so self-embodied and aware that Mm -hmm. if something crosses that boundary, Mm -hmm. first of all, the alarm goes off Mm -hmm. and knowing what that feels like. Mm -hmm. And then the super extra hard extra credit part is then being able to find the words and say, hey, actually, could you not choke me that hard? <laughs> <laughs> right. And knowing that I'm not saying that because I don't want to be in bed with you. I'm right. telling you this because I really want to be in bed with you, but I want it to I want to continue to be able to be in bed with you. So could you not choke me that hard? Yeah. Um Yeah, so I think practicing in a way, and that's one thing that I really love about the kink community mm-hmm. is the um, the empowerment around all that stuff. Yes. And all the conversation and practice around consent and yeses yes. and noes and preferences. I think it's a really beautiful playground mm-hmm. and arena to practice and then bring those things out into your non-sex related life. Right. What about for you? Yeah, well, hearing you say all of those things in that context, it makes me think about one of the topics that we were speaking of earlier in the kitchen, which yeah. is Tantra, yes. and how that really folds into all of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And Tantra um, is one portion of it. And just to expound on what you were talking about with kink and conscious kink, Yes, that has been hugely 
impactful for me as well mm-hmm. to sometimes I need extremes. Right. And sometimes I need extreme, and I say extreme, ah, it's so tricky to say extreme and kink together because I feel like that gives the wrong impression. Right. Sometimes I need to go outside of my comfort zone. Let's say that. Yes. I need to go outside of my comfort zone to really get into my body and challenge myself outside of being apathetic. Yep. Like I have to make a decision. I have to say yes or no. I need to voice myself in this situation. It's almost like you're making the alarm bells go off. Like you're putting yourself in such a a situation that's outside of your comfort zone that it's really obvious yes. what's coming up for you is that kind of what yeah, you mean exactly okay, yeah, yeah. so conscious kink and going to some conscious kink events have done that for me mm-hmm. I yeah um you know if you've ever been to one of those events the first 10-15 minutes of going there you you know the ones that I've been mm-hmm. to at least you know you go into a side room and they talk to you about consent oh my god those are so cool they talk to you about your yeses and your noes what that means and what that doesn't mean they lay out all of the ground rules for the experience and most of the time you're not allowed to touch anyone like literally put your hand on their shoulder you're not allowed to kiss anyone without asking first yep it is may i touch your shoulder And the person standing across from you has then the opportunity to say, yes, I would love that. Or no, I'm not feeling that. (laughs) And practicing that, practicing receiving a yes and practicing receiving a no. And knowing that there is, that that is somebody's preference. Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with you. That's not a rejection to you if they say, no, I don't want you to touch my shoulder. Yep. You have no idea what's going on for them inside their body and their experience at that moment. Yeah. And so in those places of getting a little bit uncomfortable, I have learned to use my voice and to state my needs a little bit more. Yes. It's an act of practice. Right. It's that. It's the embodiment piece. It's, it's an like embodiment piece. Doing it. It's right. actually doing it and right. bringing awareness to this thing that we all have a hard time doing yep. and practicing. Like right. I remember actually, as you were talking about that, this specific time when we were at an event and yeah, they did like this exercise in the beginning where you stand across from someone and it's a complete stranger, someone that you've never met. Mm-hmm. And in my case, it was like this big six foot three, like 250 pound dude mm-hmm. that I had never met standing across from me. Yes. And the exercise was that you had to ask someone a question that you thought that they would likely say no to just so Mm -hmm. that they could practice saying no yes and so this guy looked at me and I forget exactly what he said but it was something pretty like off the wall that Mm -hmm. obviously I would be like I don't think so yeah um and he said this thing to me and still even though we were supposed to say no in this exercise I vividly remember the feeling in my body of like 
embarrassment, Mm -hmm. shame, like Mm -hmm. my cheeks got red, I could feel, which I'm tan, like that Mm -hmm. takes a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and looking at him and having to say no, even though it was this fucking bizarre request. Yep. And feeling so intimidated and awful and full of shame and like I wasn't cool enough or good enough that I wasn't like open to any and all things. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yep. I've experienced that same thing too. Yeah. That I feel like we could break down that one scenario Mm -hmm. in another conversation. Totally. Because there's a lot there. Let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So those are our situations where I've physically explored Mm -hmm. this boundary thing. And also... Yeah, something else that's been really beautiful in practicing this embodied relationship thing Mm -hmm. is the Tantra piece. Yes. So what was your first Tantra experience like Mm -hmm. with all this stuff? Honestly, to be really honest, I got into Tantra through the sexual aspects first. Yeah. I think many people do. I think so. Especially here in the West. Yes. And from there, I got curious. And I explored and I started reading books on my own about Tantra, about kink, and about BDSM. Yeah. And from there, I recognized this what it takes to be in those situations is communication Mm. and trust Mm -hmm. deeply. Mm -hmm. And what is underneath all of those things is knowing the self and having boundaries. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I realized that Tantra is way more than just sex and hedonist expression. Mm-hmm. And so I started studying that and realized that there are two, two main quadrants of Tantra. White Tantra and Red Tantra. Mm-hmm. And White Tantra is all about self. It's pretty much everything that we've just been talking about and then some. It is embodying and recognizing and sitting with and cultivating who you are Mm. in your truest essence. And then moving from that place to meet another. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's building the relationship with self first. Yeah. And then from there, moving into what they call red tantra, which is having relationship with another. Mm-hmm. And like the, you know, in my opinion, in my opinion, I'm not a tantra expert. I've taken some courses. I've done some classes. But in my opinion, the sexual side of Tantra is like literally the bonus 1% of the end of the practice. Yep. 
It's not the end goal. The goal of Tantra and, and the roots of Tantra are actually in Eastern culture and religion of Buddhism and Kundalini and all of those things. Yeah. And it's this breathwork practice of sitting with self, opening up the chakra system and aligning with your highest good and your highest power and filling your body with love and light. (laughs) (laughs) And knowing that so embodiedly, I don't even know if that's a word. I'm going to use it. it. Now it is. (laughs) And then inviting in relationship with other. And that is so huge and once you start setting tantra and looking around you see it everywhere yeah it's so true it's beautiful because it is the word tantra means weaving the weaving of life Mm -hmm. and the weaving of life there's a yin and a yang a feminine and a masculine and it's embodying and and weaving together those two pieces of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that is creation. Totally. Right? Like it takes a female part and a, and a male part to come together to create. Mm-hmm. Life literally, you know? Yeah. Like in the womb, it takes that. It takes that in nature. Everything, there are two counterparts. Yeah. Light, dark, all of those things. Yeah. And it's the, it's, it's the combination of weaving those things together. Yeah. Yeah. To me, the experience of practicing Tantra Mm -hmm. and same, yeah, I'm not a Tantra expert. I've, the first time I did Tantra was with you Mm -hmm. and I've just been like exploring it from there. Mm -hmm. But all the times that I've practiced Tantra, to me, what it feels like is the art of practicing connection. Yep. And it's this like really cool tantric meditation that I do I think sums it up in some ways Mm -hmm. where it's I first am breathing and meditating within my own boundaries Mm -hmm. so feeling where I begin and end Mm -hmm. getting really deeply in touch with just my own experience and then next I'm breathing with the group or the people around me starting to expand my boundaries out and feel the connection to them while still staying rooted in myself but Mm -hmm. now you're like creeping out to the edges and kind of feeling the people around you and Mm -hmm. breathing with them Mm -hmm. and then after that you're you're breathing into the collective right you're feeling your connection to everything around you Mm mm-hmm And then you come back to yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's like everything needs to stem from inside of you. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, yeah, you can begin to connect with Mm -hmm. everything outside of you. Right. And that's how you have true connection. Right. And that's where boundaries begin. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yeah. And to the word connection, at least in my brain, the way that it's wired in me is connection. I always see hardwired like that means that there's another person involved. Right. I was never taught that connection with myself is like connection too. Yeah. So I just want to say that for anyone that's out there that might be thinking the word connection and feeling this like incongruence there because I was raised to feel like connection is... You're outside, of, outside you. of you. You're touching something else to connect. Yeah. I was never taught that connection. You you can connect with yourself. You oh should connect with yourself first and then move from that place. Yeah. And that's how we find 
the receptivity and the self-worth and motivation and clarity and boundaries and the way to relate with our to ourselves and to everyone else authentically yes and show up fully you know yes I think you just like outlined what embodied relationship is Mm. so I would say for anyone out there who's curious like how can I look at my relationships and see if I'm coming to them in an embodied way and staying true to myself I would say the first thing is figuring out what your boundaries are Mm -hmm. your boundaries and your needs so Mm -hmm. both things like what's your container and then also what do you need Mm -hmm. what needs to fill up that container and just getting clear about that because Mm -hmm. yeah like Kayla and I both kind of expressed I didn't even know what those were for a really long time. And sometimes yep. I still don't even know. And yeah. of course, these things are organic and they're always changing. It's not right. like one thing is going to be true forever. Um, but yeah, like first just figuring out what that is and then starting to practice the connection piece inside so that when you do put out a hard boundary and someone reacts to it you're connected enough inside to have enough Mm -hmm. self-worth to hold your boundary Mm -hmm. and what I will say about that too is you will be fucking amazed actually Kayla you said this to me recently Mm. because I was like oh yeah I I'm scared to like tell people no that I can't hang out because I'm tired like I want I don't want people to think I don't want to hang out with them, blah, blah. And you said to me, yeah, well, the people who really love you will want you to put yourself first like that and Mm -hmm. will understand Mm -hmm. um, and will meet you. Yeah. And so since you've said that to me, actually, I've been trying to think about that, particularly in like romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. Just an example, my partner and I have completely different schedules. He's Mm -hmm. a musician, so he, you know, is out super late and prefers to sleep in a little bit, whereas I am naturally an early riser, and so I'm exhausted by 9 p.m. and I want to go to sleep. Yeah. But I have a lot of anxiety when I hold that boundary that he's going to think I'm boring, um, you know, our sex life is going to suffer, our connection's going to suffer, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to be at all of his events mm-hmm. because I need to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And so when I push past my boundary and what I need, mm-hmm. I feel like shit. I'm yeah. exhausted. I'm off my schedule. My work suffers. I suffer. My yoga practice suffers. All these things happen. Yeah. And then the connection is sabotaged anyway. Totally. And so... Recently, I've been practicing Mm -hmm. holding my boundary, taking care of myself, going to bed when I need to go to bed. Mm -hmm. And it's so true, Kayla. Mm -hmm. He meets me. He's like, yeah, "Yeah, of course I want you to take care of yourself. And I was so shocked. I was like, oh, it can be this easy? Yeah. And so you really, I think, will be amazed at the quality of relationships and people that you will have around you when Mm -hmm. you do hold these boundaries. Yeah. Because it will weed some people out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think too it's important because sometimes you can – I feel like in my own experience when I hear someone say, well, what are your needs? Like what, you know, all that. And I'm just like, go way far. Like I don't know. I'm overwhelmed by just answering that question. When you can simply start with – 
what you need to be alive and human that day. Yes. Meaning, and we talked about this recently, is, okay, I need food, I need water, and I need sleep. Yeah. Okay, so what are my needs there? I know that I need eight hours of sleep every night. Okay, great. What do I need to put into place to make that happen? Yes. Okay, great. I know that I need to be hydrated Mm -hmm. throughout the day. What am I going to put into place to make that happen? I know that I need to eat food every four hours. Otherwise, I feel absolutely terrible. I get sick, run down, whatever. Okay, so starting with that and then moving from, okay, now that I've got that in and those place. are like non-negotiable. Those are non-negotiable. Yeah. And then once that is in place, moving into, let's say, an embodiment or practice for yourself, maybe that looks like, I know that I need to go to the gym. I know that I need to spend time in nature. I know that I need to meditate. Okay, great. Put those in your schedule. And again, those are non-negotiables. Yep. So after your tank is full and your body is nourished, and your mind is nourished, and your well-being is taken care of, okay, then what are your needs next after that? How do you want to show up and interact in relationship Mm -hmm. with yourself and also with others? How do you want to represent and walk through the world? And how do you want people to meet you? Mm -hmm. And and asking those questions and discovering that. And... It takes practice every day. Yeah. Every day. It so does. I don't have those things down. I'm constantly reevaluating and like, shit, I need to like, I need to do better in this way. I need to do better in in feeding myself, you know? Yes. Absolutely. And it can be really hard in practice to say no to people because Mm. you need to do those things. Yep. And... Um, immediately like what popped into my mind is like, okay, well, what do you say to people who have kids or, Mm -hmm. you know, people with life circumstances where they feel like they're neat, they really can't tend to themselves first. Mm -hmm. And what I would say to that person or those people is just start somewhere. Yeah. Just fucking start somewhere. Just Mm -hmm. get this idea and this concept into your realm of awareness. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just continually practice bringing yourself back to it. You're always going to go off kilter. Right. And don't don't be harsh and judge yourself if you don't do it perfectly. Yeah. You're never going to. Yeah. We're human. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it can just take two minutes a day to sit in silence and that's it totally two minutes yep you know yep so absolutely yeah embodied relationship embodied relationship starts with the relationship with self first yeah and then moving out and interacting with the world around you from that place yes yeah let's make this a revolution guys let's do it <laughs> embodied relationship for the win yeah tell us ways that you embody yourself every day yeah and tell us how your boundary practices go Mm. let us know yeah we'd love to hear from you guys thanks guys thank you (laughs) talk soon bye